Welcome to the Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Fans, welcome to the Strut. We've got an action-packed podcast for you tonight. I'm excited to bring this to you. So in our big block tonight, we're going to have the UMass breakdown, Louisiana Monroe game coming up, and your Sunbelt action coming up this week. Don't forget, we're also going to have another Mullet Minute this week with Trey Carter. It's going to be a great episode, other CCU sports, and a whole lot more frivolity that you've come to expect from your friends here at The Strut. Okay, Coastal fans, here's your other sports update. In addition to the win on Saturday over UMass, 55-3, Ladies Golf was at the Lady Paladin Invitational up in Greenville. They came in second of 13 teams on Saturday. On Sunday, they came in fourth, same invitational for the ladies. Uh, Men's Golf was at the Badger Invitational in Madison, Wisconsin. Women's Volleyball played home against Arkansas State, winning 3-1. Women's soccer lost 6-1 to Louisiana Monroe. On Monday, men's golf continued at the Badger Invitational up in Madison, Wisconsin. And then Tuesday, men's golf wrapped up the Badger Invitational, finishing 11th out of 14 teams. Men's soccer played Tuesday at home against UNC Greensboro and dropped a 1-0 decision in overtime. Fans, that is your Coastal Carolina sports update. Let's get back to the strut. TD, Info Joe, Teal Nation, Strut Nation, welcome to 54 minutes of the feeling bronze, all pros, no cons, Warhawks are crying to their moms because we drop in bombs, we cool like the fawns, graceful like swans, book of psalms, I cook my brats with tongs, if we were in the mafia, we'd all be dons, the CCU sports podcast called The Strut, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, Strut Nation. Teal Nation to another episode of the Strut Podcast. And in, as you all know, we've got uh, TD, Chili, and Info Joe. Thank you all for your time tonight. Thank you for the growing listeners that uh, continue to download our podcast on, on our platforms on Apple and also Spotify. Chili, tell them where you can get us at in regards to the handle. Yeah, so you can catch us on Twitter at the Strut Podcast. Same handle on Instagram. We have our Facebook page, conveniently also called The Strut Podcast. Um, and you can also, like TD was saying, you can find us on Apple, Spotify. I think we've even expanded to Google now because a lot of times when you get up on Apple, Google will fall right in suit. So we're also available on those. And um, if you want to find us a quick, easy way to get a hold of us, if you will go to either the Twitter or Facebook accounts that we have, we always link the show there. So you can just go there, click there and just, you know, listen to the podcast. It will go to whatever platform you want. And also don't forget, whenever we put a show up with a link, you can always click on the, hey, look here, Bubba, talk back line so we can get information or get your feedback or your impressions of the show, how much you love Joe, how much you love my raps, how much you miss TD's gallbladder not being here this week. All that kind of (laughs) stuff is available for that, y'all. 
Yes, for those that are listening in, um, for those that may have seen me at the game Saturday briefly, I did make the attempt to attend uh, the, the the backside whooping that we gave the UMass Minute Rice, and um, it's uh, I was there for all of about nine minutes. My uh, beautiful, loving, patient, compassionate um, wife was. Um, on me about going, but she knows I'm hard headed. So we went for all of about eight or nine minutes. Interesting enough, I had Joe on my portable radio underneath the stadium for the next three or four minutes until the end of the quarter. And then I proceeded to, uh, we got back in the car and went home. Uh, and I listened to Joe on the radio and watched, uh, watched on ESPN plus, but gentlemen, 53 to three, uh, it was in all phases ass kicking that the uh, the Shauna Clears gave the the UMass Minutemen. And I know, Chili, you love to run down the stats. I don't want to take that from you, but I will say this. The logos on the helmets look fantastic. The only, the only thing I would like to see is if we kind of enlarged them like you would see like a Boise State do or maybe like how NC State took the old Wolfpack logo. And I know Joe – I grew up a Tar Heel fan, so I know he doesn't like them at all. So I hate to give him any any run on this podcast, but I think the viewers know, the listeners know, uh, if you will, of Strut, of Strut Podcast Nation. That, uh, but an enlarged logo. But I like seeing them. I like the fact that we tied history of the university to our football program. I do like that. I thought it was a very uh, a very respectful, really creative nod to the folks that put the program together that were part of that uh, advisory board, part of that first recruiting class. And I'm very blessed and proud to be a part of. We never wore that logo, but it was really neat to see it on the side of the helmets. Yeah, I think I texted you, TD and Joe, that when I saw that logo, I was like, that's what the school's team would have looked like if I had been at Coastal, if we had had football, if I were there. Because I was at the, the time when we switched over from USC Coastal to CCU and we had that logo and we had the teal. I'm like, man, that, look, that looks sharp on a football helmet. I wish that was, you know, our helmet when I was theirs, but TD, you nailed it, man. It's like you, you see the history and, and the current kind of just converge there. So that was really cool. Joe, before we get into the stats, what's it like to call a game like that? Uh, 53 to three kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know, it, it's fun to win. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. We've certainly been on the other end of those since we've been in FBS. You kind of got a feeling how this game was going to go right from the first play of the game when they won the toss, took the ball, came out, and had to call a timeout before they ran a snap. And I looked at Lane and I thought, oh, man, we're in for today, aren't we? <laughs> you know, and I, and I want to be I want to be as gracious as I can. You know, they, they've got a long way to go. That, that crowd has a long way to go. If they, they stay patient, you know, with it, they, they'll, they'll get there. But they just they, – they were overmatched. And, you know, what we had to do is go out and take care of business, you know, do everything that we needed to do offensively, get better on defense, have good special teams. We excelled in all three phases. We did what we should have done. And yeah, it was a fun game to call. Then we had some fun calls that, you know, you know that were kind of exciting and fun and kind of interesting and, you know, watching them try to snap the ball on a punt. And, you know, it, it was what it was. We were expected to win big and we did. And, you know, our kids are, you know, coach, kids and coaches should be congratulated. And, you know, now we move on to, to conference play. 
let's just jump into what the uh, UMass stats look like. So offensively for team team wise offensively, excuse me, Coastal had 312 yards passing, 246 rushing for a total of 558 yards on offense. UMass had 28 passing, 125 rushing for a total of 153 yards. Coastal led passing by McCall, 10 of 14, 162 yards and two passing touchdowns. Bennett had eight carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. Holly was a leading receiver, five catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, Geiger had five total tackles, two solo and three assists. Silas Kelly, one solo tackle, four assists for five total tackles, too. And Enoch, Joe's man crush, McConzo, two solo tackles, three assists, five total tackles. Um, Joe, his streak of two games in a row with a forced fumble ended sadly at UMass. Um, also highlights, uh, Jeffrey Gunner had two sacks. Brewer had one. The Jordan Strong had two pass breakups Saturday. And I, I found this interesting, too that if you looked at Coastal UMass history, there's four games there, our margin of victory increased every time we played them. Sure did. I remember the first one we played, and we referenced that in our opening on Saturday, you know, our first ever game as an FBS team, and they came to town, and we won by 10, and then we won by 11, and then we just absolutely hammered them uh, in the last two weeks. I think the biggest stat that really that jumps out to me of all the individual stats you just went through, Jeff Gunner with two sacks the other day. We Jeff Gunner, if he if Jeff Gunner plays like that, we're a different defense. You now he comes out and he asserts himself. He's aggressive. He gets sacks. He disrupts. Gets TFLs. We're different on defense. We're a different team. It was good to see him really step up and and dominate them. Yeah, I, look that that was something that um, no, I, little 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 takeaway for me, gentlemen, was just again y'all know me. I love giving the player perspective, but also just kind of landscape and college football perspective. This is the same team that um, the Boston College team that just beat Missouri in overtime, they lost you by two touchdowns, right? So they scored 28 points, I think, 21 or 28 points on Boston College. I'm not about more victories at all, but I'm all about perspective and, 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 and linear relativity. And they scored three or four touchdowns on Boston College. The same team that Missouri struggled against to score touchdowns on. They also scored a couple three, couple touchdowns or so against Pitt. Not only did we score 53 points against them, which Boston College didn't do, and they're one of the new darlings of this year. The second thing is we only allowed them three points. Three points. I mean, Boston College gave up three or four touchdowns. Pitt gave up, I think, 17 points against them. So I say I'd say this is. You know, maybe maybe going to Buffalo might have uh, might have been one of those little sobering moments where our guys looked in the mirror and realized we were within one play, three points from having some serious um, dreams stripped away from us. We got to get back into mm-hmm. coastal football. So that's my point is is I think the Buffalo game was a little sobering. And again, I, I saw that again. I understand UMass was outmatched from the jump. They were outmatched as soon as they got on the flight from Amherst. I get that. But they kind of weren't, though. I mean, Joe touched on it. They had a number of transfers come in, right, Joe? I mean, I think, you, again, you know yeah. better than I They had a lot of D1 <clears throat> transfers that came in. And, I mean, granted, their starting quarterback was out, right? I get that. That didn't help them. If I remember correctly, That uh, at least that's what the broadcast said when I got home. It was their starting quarterback. He either got out, was out, or he was limited. But – 
nevertheless, they had a bunch of kids who had transferred in from ACC and SEC and AS, AAC and, um, you know, other MAC schools that transferred in that they're going to get that ship rolling, right? They're going to get it going right. But for those that watched the game or didn't, 53-3, I understand UMass is probably one of the worst teams in the country, but they still had a bunch of top FCS, mid-level FBS talent on the field. But we just wore their ass out, man. For 60 minutes, we just wore their ass out from the jump. Yeah, I mean, it was um, – I had my two-year-old at the game with me. So, first quarter, she was good. Second quarter, she was ornery. I came back out in the third quarter and saw that. But I did have a chance to watch all the highlights. And um, I just I, – I, it's hard to break this game down and not sound arrogant, but we just really just laid it on them Saturday. And I think with both of you – We did what we were supposed to do, Billy. We what? did what we were supposed to do, buddy. Yeah, that's where I was going to kind of go is because one thing I was looking for was – are we going to come out flat thinking we've got it won because we're wearing teal and they're wearing a different color than us? I mean, and I was also thinking, like, what, what am I looking for as far as what they need to do, how they need to look, or what we need to do, sorry. And um, I feel like we almost checked every single box because one thing we talked about the week before in prepping for UMass was all three of us wanted to see a better defensive effort, you know, and, and see, and we got that Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say take away from UMass because of that, because we could have easily not had any sacks and still won that ball game, for example. Um, so I, but I guess where I'm going with it is we wanted to see a better defensive effort. We wanted to see a, a smarter defensive effort. And, and we got that because we did what we were supposed to do when it came to our defensive performance against UMass, whether they're a great team or not so great team, we still look like we were supposed to look like against a team like that. I guess that's where I'm, where I'm going. I feel like offensively we're going to score points all season long. I think just that defensive part of what we were concerned about was it showed up Saturday for all intents and purposes that we were looking for that better defensive effort and output. And I think we got it. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, and, and, the, and the way we came out again, and you guys have kind of touched on this, one thing that Jamie's teams do not do is, is that, that they don't come out without effort. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, if you go back in this last year and a half and this winning, you know, all this winning that we've done, we, we're bringing it every Saturday. Now, we, we may have some things that we might need to clean up fundamentally, like not being able to catch pass every now and then, or our tackling might be a little bit off. You know, we might miss an assignment here or there, but it isn't because our kids aren't playing hard. They're not locked in. I mean, that, that, that is what, one of the most amazing things about watching this run that this team has been on in the last, you know, year and a half. They, they bring it every week. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, there, there, there were times in the past where you'd kind of wonder, okay, where are our kids' heads today? You know, are, are we going to bring the effort today? Are we going to get after somebody? You know, whether we were going up against a team we were supposed to beat or a better team, where were we going to be when we went on the field? There, there are no such concerns going on right now with this program. And I think we're incredibly blessed to be able to watch this while we're in the middle of this right now, a team that is maximizing effort each and every Saturday. And these coaches, you know, that entire building, that field house, has these guys ready to go. Well, again, whether, whether we're, you know, fundamentally at our best, our effort is always at the best. Joe, I love you, and here's why. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that your man crush? Because Joe has here. I love him because he just teed it up for me, something that he just touched on. And, and for Shant Nation and, and, and Strut Podcast Nation, let me just throw a little 
Let me throw a little chili number at you real quick. Let me let me let me put my best chili on right here. All right, here we go. Chili dip it the best I can. <laughs> Coastal was 15 and one over their last 16 games. Only school better, Alabama at 16 and 0. Only school behind us at 14 and 1, BYU. Guess who gave them that loss? The other piece of information I'd like to throw out there is we are currently on a 10-game home winning streak, only behind Alabama. The other piece of this is, and Joe's going to love this piece, is that is the fifth time in this run of about a year and a half, year and three quarters, if you will, that we put a 50-burger or better on. And lastly, do you realize something that we have not done defensively this year? Force a turnover. Yep. And there's one more thing. We lead the nation in this. Suspense is killing me. Anybody? Envelope, please. Giving up an offensive passing touchdown. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's a good one. So, again, I don't believe in jinxes, right? Because it's inevitable, right? We're going to give up a passing touchdown. But through four games, we are tied with Arizona State. It says fewest TD passes allowed in 2021, zero. Now, granted, we did play the Citadel, who didn't throw the ball. Right. But we played Buffalo, mm -hmm. whose passing attack was pretty darn good, gentlemen. I think you all would agree, and people who watched that game. But if you think back, we never gave up. A, we have yet to give up a passing touchdown through four games. So a little, I got some other tidbits. I'm going to put my best chili dip on and, uh, and throw some other out there. But one last one for Joe. I know he'll love this. Coastal ranks second nationally in highest average yards gained per play, only behind Ohio State. They're 8.6. We are 8.1. The Lane Kiffin crazy offense out of Oxford, Mississippi, 7.65. So that's some rarefied air to be. I understand the Sun Belt and our non-conference schedule. I get it, y'all. I get it. But still, you got to matriculate the ball down the field. You got to kick it. You got to run it. You got to scheme it. You got to block it. So just kind of to Joe's point, there's something real special that our fans – I think really need to continue to find great appreciation. They better. They better. Things go that things go in cycles, right? You know, things go in cycles. You, you, you watch the trajectory of this program when it started, TD, back when you were there, you know, 02, the practice year, the get ready year. And then, you know, then we get going with this thing. We go up and we go back down a little bit, you know, have some lean years. And then Joe comes in, Joe Bogley, we go up. And then we hit FBS, we go down a little bit. And then Jamie comes in, now we're back on that upswing again, and people better enjoy it, you know, while we're on it. I mean, it's not to say that we can't win for the next 15 or 20 years, but things typically go in cycles. And I hope we can't all be are, Alabama, right, Joe? We can't uh, all be Alabama. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's <laughs> pretty much an anomaly. But people better enjoy this and get in behind this while right. while they can, while it's while we're one of the hottest teams in the country and one, you know, a team that everybody loves to watch, you know, America's team. Nobody has more fun than we do, right? Yeah, but yeah, I, I well, think, one thing goes up, something else has got to come back down, too. Well, you know. Right. That's right. Well, hey, Chili, let's do this. Not to – I'd like to get into this ULM game because there's more here I like to chew on mm -hmm. than the last game. So, if y'all – let's put a bow on it. I, we'll kind of do our round robin like we do some other stuff. Chili, what's your last thoughts on the UMass game? 
Um, I'll go back to what I said a, a minute ago because I, I feel like going into it, I wanted to see more out of the defense in terms of smarter play, harder play, better tackling. But I think we got that. Uh, it checked my personal box when it came to our defensive effort. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's really much more that needs to be said about it. I mean, we were heavy favorites and we won as we expected to, as we you know figured that we would. And our kids came out and got the job done and, and did it in an impressive fashion. And you know, again, I, I mentioned a, a minute or two ago about you know we hadn't forced a turnover on defense. It's pretty interesting that we're winning these games by these margins, and we still have yet to you know be able to force a turnover, which in and of itself is an anomaly. You know, we haven't had that tip pass or that crazy bounce of the ball that somebody's laid on the on the turf or something like that. We hadn't come up with it. They they will come. We we will start doing that as the season progresses. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of odd, a little bit unusual, perhaps. So we haven't done that yet when we did it 25 times to people last season, but, but it will come. And, and hopefully that will start uh, on Saturday with ULM. We'll, we'll force them into a few mistakes. We'll see. My final thought is that we did exactly what me as a player, me as a fan wanted to see. And look, yeah, a friend of mine, you know, I, it, look, I'm not ashamed to say, I know I text you all this too. I never thought I'd be this way, but, um, that last touchdown for um, – uh, forgive me, what's our back – what's our redshirt freshman quarterback's last what's – what's his name, number? Guest. 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 Yeah, when he didn't guessed. get that touchdown to make it 60, I, you know, I wanted it to be 60 because I wanted him to get his touchdown because the kid – look, I, as, a, as a guy who's a platoon player, you get your plays. Look, when you get your opportunity to score, I want that – I want it to stick. That's why I want to score it. It's also – I'm on the side of the school of thought is – there's running the score up, but then there's also just running your offense. And if you got your third string quarterback in with the third string or your third unit in, and you're still putting the ball down the field, that's not running the score up. That's running your offense. So to me, because uh, I don't think we threw the ball a whole lot there. I mean, we, we ran the ball, what, seven out of eight plays or something like that? I don't know. That's just me. I, I can see Joe shaking his head out a little bit, but I want him to get that touchdown, man, because hey, look, those kids work hard at practice too, and I like to see them. I like to see him get a little bit of shine on him a little bit, as I say. Absolutely. We, th we, we threw the ball once, and let's see. I, I want to say, gosh, 12, 13 plays, I think we threw the ball one. Well, completed one pass out of all I that. We ran so the we, ball every other time. And we had yeah. we had 10 and 11 offensive linemen out there at that point. I mean, we'd gone yeah. through our ones and our twos, and we had yeah. these guys in there. So, I mean, yeah, we're not – we're not trying to tack anything on our third quarterback and a bunch of other guys that, you know, would, it was great for them to get on the field, Correct. you know. Again, I'm not about running the score up, but I'm, I am I am about running offense. Like, if we've got yeah. our first – Yeah, year, run it. In a, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter, like that, that's one thing. But when you've got your entire third unit in and you've got some of those guys that are walk-on and you're still manipulating the ball, I love seeing that, man, because that – like, Joe nailed it. That's effort. That's energy. You And then – I remember watching the game from home, and I'm going to put a bow on it. Our sideline, when his touchdown was called back, I think Joe touched on it in the, in the, in the call, or maybe Lane did. They were upset that Guest got his touchdown called back, not mm -hmm. because they were trying to run the score up, but because they just – they know how hard these guys are working, man, and they want to, they want to get them – they want to get them six, too, man. Yeah. yeah, I heard I heard that on the broadcast too, Joe. Y'all were y'all were noticing that, and I was like, I'm, I'm in the car driving home. Get them all, man. I was like, that's, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Um, let's get to the Twitter poll here for this past week. Um, nice. Our Twitter poll is brought to you by no one because our marketing department hasn't really got a sponsor for us yet. So we're still working. <laughs> on another freebie, um, another one on the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our question this past week was what former shot 
would you like to appear on the strut? Your four choices were Tyler Thigpen, Josh Norman, Mike Tolbert, and Alex Ross. Guys, I went into this, and I'll be honest with you, without uh, TD spreading his taint all over this one again, um, I don't really thought it would be a runaway in favor of either Thigpen or Mike Tolbert. I was completely wrong. Yes. So, yes, TD, I was wrong. Don't get used to it. Um, so, the winner with 46% of the vote was Alex Ross. Hmm. About we got to get him on. Pleasantly surprised with that one. We got to get him on. Um, a friend of mine told me when he saw the poll, he goes, "I don't want to go vote. I just want to tell you what I think." And it was an Alex Ross vote. And what he said was that Alex Ross played at a time at Coastal that um, you know it was just before we go to FBS and we had those really good FCS years with Hop and everything, and we're going to North Dakota State. You know that that part of our history is you don't really talk about those guys as much. And I know this past week, D'Angelo Henderson was inducted into the Somerville High School Hall of Fame this past Friday night. Um, so I I hadn't thought about it that way until my friend told me that um, Alex Ross is somebody that he would like to hear from, just because it's a time in coastal football history that you don't really you know write about, talk about, glorify some of the players, even though we had terrific players coming through in that period. I just thought that was a pretty cool perspective that Alex Ross is a popular guy. We got to get him on. Um, I tell you what, I'll throw it out there too. If anybody listening on the, uh, our podcast wants to uh, sponsor the poll question, please hit one of the three of us up. I'll tell you what we'll do. This thing is a passion for us, and I can I, I feel like I can speak for the team here, but if you donate on behalf of the, of the poll, we'll figure out some way to donate it to one of the – the groups that the players talk about in their mullet minutes. We'll figure out a way to spread the jam on the toast a little bit. So if anybody wants to step up and donate, we'll call it the fill in the blank poll question of the week. And for the entire rest of the season, we don't care if it's $5 or 500, we will get that money to those charities that those kids. Uh, and that's something I'm proud of too. When I hear those mullet minutes, they talk about how they're engaged and involved with wanting to give back to this community, or the communities they come from. I'll tell you what we'll do. You have our commitment strut nation we will get whatever donation it comes in at the highest mark to, to have that poll question named after you or your company or whatever we'll get that money to them i promise you that absolutely right um let's dive into louisiana monroe they're coming in with a two-on-one record uh so far offensively they've been averaging 17 points per game that's 233 rushing 394 passing per game their quarterback sorry running back Henry has had 36 carries for 179 yards and one touchdown. Rodriguez, the quarterback, we'll talk about him in a second, I think. 35-62, um, 333 yards and one touchdown pass. And their leading receiver is Boogie Knight. Boogie Knight. Yes. Um, he has 12 receptions for 136 yards. He's also the punt return, I think, kick return guy also. I watched the uh, Troy game. This past week, I know, TD, you said you did too. Um, this year so far, ULM has one receiving touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. Going into the game, we are a 34-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 62-and-a-half points. Mm, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of points, <laughs> man. That's a lot. And, y'all, I like the Boogie Knights name so much that I decided that this episode was going to be called Myrtle Beach Days are Better Than Boogie Nights. Ah. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Uh, he's not the best color man in the business. That's what Bob Uecker says, right? <laughs> Dynamite drop in money. That recording school is paying off. <laughs> yes. Fly ball caught. 
That's yeah, what I bring to the podcast. Yeah. In right field. So I'm going to add this to you. So Rhett Rodriguez is out for this game. He had a partially collapsed lung, bruised lung uh, during the Troy game. So I watched the Troy game and the Jackson State game. For those that know or don't know, old Neon Dion, uh, your first love, your first round draft pick out of Florida State, Atlanta Braves, uh, Falcons, Cowboys. He is now the coach down there. And actually, Barstool Sports is doing a six-episode documentary on, on Neon Dion's um, coaching down there. And I tell you what, I watched the Jackson State game, like I said, in the Troy game. But the Troy game, ULM showed me something they had not had in a couple of years, and that's, uh, that's the ability. It reminds me of Joe. It reminds me of Kansas. It reminds me of what Terry Bowden did is what Leipold's doing at Kansas. He was able to instill some resolve and resiliency in that program. I think that's why, if you go back and look at the Kentucky game, I think the Kentucky game went with a two-score game, I think, early on. And, and they – I mean, I think the final score was 35-10. to 10. I get they pulled away. But, I mean, with all due respect to Kentucky, I thought they would beat them by more than that. that so, I watched that game and the Jackson State game. Now, if you watch the Jackson State game, I think they beat them – 12 to 7 or something. And that's an FCS school. It's a HBA, HBCU school. But I'm going to touch on Jackson State later with how they schemed ULM that I think how we could look at that and utilize what they did and some concepts uh, for, for us Saturday. But uh, I watched Terry Bowden's post, post-game press conference after the Troy game, and they broke an 11-game losing streak to when they when they beat them and um unfortunately Rhett Rodriguez is, is out I, I always want to play a team at full strength man even when I played I don't want that way when you when you beat them there's no excuse about they didn't have this player or that player so missing him for those that listen to this podcast if you ULM and you pick this up you know hey our prayers and thoughts continue to go for his recovery I mean that was a pretty vicious couple series of hits he took and, a, and a, I mean they thought he had like a partially collapsed lung and then a collapsed lung Thankfully, it was not that. So that's uh, Rich Rodriguez's boy and uh, continue to hopefully he gets better. But again, unlike last week where I was a little uh, tongue in cheek, I mean, that's a, that, that is a high 34 and a half points. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to get there on that. I, look, I, I think this is a much improved ULM team. Um, again, to me, um, what I saw was on offense, if we don't – that's what I talked about last week, that hash mark to hash mark, five to about 15, 20-yard area in the middle part of our zone, the soft unbelly of our secondary right now. The one thing that I know that Joe touched on is we just overall aggressiveness from our defense. Again, I'll go into schema later, but I don't want to talk it to death. But it's um, y'all's thoughts and opinions on that, obviously. it's I got a little more, but I'm, I'm a hush for right now. Well, we've got our work cut out for us, I think. I mean, TD, you just mentioned this is an improved, very much improved ULM team. I think Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez and that staff, they've come in and done some things. And, you know, you look at – you just look at their numbers, you see that they don't commit many penalties. You know, Mm -hmm. if if you're trying to win, okay, and you're trying to build something, you're trying to build a culture and a program from the bottom up, you got to – you got to get your kids to, to not make mistakes. I mean, that's one of the, you know, you may get beaten, but it's not be, not going to be because 
you know, that you make mistakes, you make penalties, you do stupid things. You have mental errors out there that just kill yourself. And these guys aren't doing that. They're one of the least penalized teams in, in college football through the first month of the season. And they're also turning people over while they're not turning the ball over. They're plus six turnovers right now. And, they're, they're, and plus two per game is number is number one in the Sun Belt, number two, I think, uh, and overall in FBS. I mean, so <laughs> they're plus six there. They, they are opportunistic on defense. And then, then they're making things happen. And so when you, when you start doing that kind of stuff, you can stay in games and win games. And those kinds of That kind of stuff concerns me a little bit about this bunch. I think what they're going to want to do in this game, you know, with Rodriguez out at quarterback and they've got a, a more of a running kind of a guy at quarterback in there, I think they're going to want to, they're, they're going to, want to shorten this game. I, I think you're going, to want, you're going to see these guys try to, try to grind this clock, you know, milk the clock, shorten the game, keep the ball out of our offense out of the hands of our offense as much as they can while they maximize their possessions. That's what they're going to have to do. And I think that's what they're going to try to do in this ball game. I mean, their offensive numbers are just, you know, they don't, they don't jump out at you at all. I mean, 17 uh, points a game, 209 yards total offense. That's not great, but Hey, you know, it, each Saturday is different unto its own. So yeah, ULM, we're going to have, we're going to have to be ready. And I, and I agree the 34 points is, <laughs> that's a lot in this game and ULM we've never beaten this bunch you know we've never beaten this program so nice. let's see let's see what we can do chill let me I'm gonna add this real quick to tell don't tell what Doug just said is the one the thing that the thing that's interesting to me is this I bring up the Kentucky game and I bring up Troy two programs that run the ball they they I mean that's they're not army run the ball right they're not coast mm-hmm. run the ball, but they do run the ball they typically average 150 to 170 yards a game running the football right now the ULM Warhawk defense is only allowing a 76 yards per game on the ground. That's including, again, that's including Troy and Kentucky, who, again, run the damn football. Mm-hmm. That's pretty stout. I, yeah, I, I'm back and looked at the scores for the first three games yeah. they had. Kentucky was 45-10. Uh, Jackson State was 12-7 victory. And then last week was a 29-16 victory over Troy. So, yeah, I like to look at scores of games, even though – I. It don't really tell you a whole lot because you got to dive into stats and, and see the game and everything else too. But uh, they say a thirty-four and a half point spread, but that means they're going to we're supposed to beat them worse than an SEC team did. So I, I'm just that that just kind of like I don't know about that. I, I agree with y'all. I don't see a. I mean, I would love a 34, 35 point victory, but I don't see it happening. Not because any deference to us. I just feel like you that you know Terry Bowden there in his first year is really doing some good things. He's done good things wherever he's been. I mean, we know he can coach. Um, so I, I'm just – I'm, I'm wanting – I want a big victory again. And I think we need another big victory with another good defensive output like we did this past week. So I guess I, I'm going to go right back to defense again. If I can see another good defensive output, I don't really care what the score is going to be. We can win 7 nothing. I'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something too. The, the the thing about it is their backup quarterback is more of an RPO type of kid, whereas uh, Rich's boy Rhett Rodriguez, he is more. He came from Arizona, where Rich was at. He is more affluent in the passing game than the kid that came in, more of an RPO guy. And again, from the, from what I digested through watching game film, uh, especially the Jackson State game, and, and again a Troy game, when he came in, it was an RPO type offense. Joe nailed it. That was my – I literally had right here in my notes, Joe, was how do you be a ranked team? I mean, you do the – you basically do the same thing we did against BYU. You shorten the game by grinding the ball. 
And if your defense is only allowing 76 yards a game and you're about to go against a ranked opponent on the road, um, you know, you shorten the game. Hey, shorten the game. You run the football. I mean, your goal is three yards, three yards, three yards, throw it to boogie, three yards, three yards, throw it to boogie. I mean, that's – if they can do that and they get some rhythm early – do I feel like we can beat them? Of course. There's nobody on our schedule right now I don't feel like we can beat. But at 34 and a half, I think people – the concern for me is, and I brought it up before, is there are viewers and soothsayers and pollsters who are looking at times only at the box score and the margin, you know, the, the, the betting lines, if you will, that are out there. And I firmly believe that. I don't like it. I think they should look at – you know, the, the content of the game, but that's what's happening. I firmly believe that's why we went up one whole spot in the polls past week was because we covered our margin of victory. Let's jump into uh, Sunbelt action coming up, guys. Um, I'm going to run through the uh, games. I enjoyed the rapid fire last week when I went through the schedule, then you two kind of picked what you think was going to happen. Then I tried to convince you that I was correct. So I think we should do that ah. again. Um, let's look at what's happening this week in the Sunbelt. So kicking things off, we got App State at Georgia State. ULM is coming to our place. Troy at South Carolina. Arkansas State at Georgia Southern. And Louisiana at South Alabama. Y'all want to go rapid fire and um, yeah. see if there's anything that's sure. Right. So, guys, what do we think? App State versus Georgia State. App State. I say App State only because I think the – I know I see Joe's face and look – if there's ever a time to pull it off, I think Georgia State could. But I think coming off of that, in all fairness, they Georgia State had that game won, not once but twice. And, again, I think App State will take care of business, but I think it will be closer than the experts think. If not for an Auburn game the week prior, I think Georgia State could upset them. But I think App State, App State takes care of business. I, I like App, too. And, again, like TD, I think it's going to be close. I think Georgia State is going to make this a big-time ball game. Yep. All right, so I think we know where we stand on ULM and Coastal. So let's go to the next one. This is one I can't wait to talk about. I hate both these teams. Troy and South Carolina. <laughs> I want a scoreless tie in this, but that's not going to happen. Someone's going to make a mistake and somebody's going to score from it. Um, I, TD, didn't you tell me that um, the Gamecocks yeah. were a seven-point favorite going into this? Is that right? As of, as of, as of yesterday or today, yeah, they were only like a seven-point favorite which shocked me, actually. I was actually quite shocked. I was thinking at least at least two touchdowns, like 14, like a 13 and a half or, you know, 16 and a half, something to kind of get the hook there. But, I look, it's – I thought for certain they'd at least be a two-score. But the fact that they were six and a half to open the week, and I think they're seven or seven and a half now, whatever it was. Look, I, look, I, I'm going to go with my common sense cap here and say South Carolina – but I think South Carolina could be in more of a dogfight than what, than what they're really – look, let's be honest, they're looking to kind of carry on this thing through a stretch. They got Vanderbilt, Tennessee after that, I believe. But I think they're going to be a little more of a dogfight. I do think ultimately they actually do win by about two touchdowns. But, you know, they beat East Carolina who had to come from behind to beat Charleston Southern. So I was about to reference that. If we use the transitive property of mathematics, and I'm not a math guy by any stretch, but I just know this one fact that ECU South Carolina was kind of a ball game. Then CSU was up two touchdowns at one point over East Carolina. ECU comes back, but then CSU made it close at the end. 
I mean, I guess maybe somebody knows something that we don't know, Troy and the Gamecocks being a touchdown ball game. Joe, what do you think? I think Troy will hang in there. I mean, they, they absolutely, they absolutely cannot run the football if their lives depended on it. I mean, I, you know, they, they're just that they, they got to get some things offensively figured out. I mean, you know, whether, whether they do that this weekend in Columbia, I, I think South Carolina wins maybe by a touchdown, maybe by 10 points. I think they win, but I don't think it's going to be that big. I mean, these are two teams that are struggling. So I give a slight edge to the Gamecocks as much as I hate to. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas State and new head coach at Georgia Southern at home in Georgia Southern. Ark State, sorry, Arkansas State at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern has a new head coach this week, too, guys. I'll say this. I think Georgia Southern wins because Arkansas State is showing promise. Joe, I can already tell. I can, I can feel it in my bones. Joe's going to say Arkansas State. And, uh, but I think Georgia Southern, just because they, they're at home, I think they got a little point to prove that the antics of last week, for those that didn't know, I mean, the kid uh, bus surfing, grabbing a beer, literally four hours for game time, chugging it before he goes in the locker room is probably not the best look for a coach who's already square in the hot seat. Um, and then you go out and lose by eight points to Louisiana, which in all fairness, they, they actually played a heck of a ball game. I, I, I thought our kids had more fun than anybody else in college football. No, no. <laughs> what, what's yeah, going not. on at Shotgun and a beer, bus surfing <laughs> on the way to the game. I thought it was the day. I text you, I thought that was the night before. That was not. That was like on – that was yeah. in route to the game. Sure and that was. Kid, that kid was a starter and played. Like, it's just a – I'm not trying to – it's just a bad look. But – I think I think for some reason my gut just tells me Georgia Southern. I don't even know what the spread. I didn't even look at the spread. Chili, what was the spread? I, I don't have it. Um, I didn't think to get it. I was just uh, all right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Georgia Southern because I kind of want Arkansas State to come off of a win when they play us. All right. I'm going Ark State in this one. I, Ark State's got problems on defense, but you know I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, can Georgia can Georgia Southern pull this thing together and you know make you know make a run of it? That the week of the change now they might get better as it goes on. I, I, you know, do they do things? Can they, you know, get their act together the week when this happens? I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if they won because they're playing at home and they'll have you know, a cause, but I like Ark State in this one. All right. And the last one, maybe the Western Division title, Louisiana at South Alabama. I'm going to go South Alabama. That's take, what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking I'm about. South Alabama takes the step forward. <laughs> Joe, I love Joe, Jaguar football. I'm going to win this week. Joe, come on out there with me. USA. USA, Joe. USA. He's Man, give me the Jaguars. I'm going to take them to beat the raging Cajuns for crying out loud. Anytime Man, they lose, it's a good out. day. Let's pull, for the, let's pull for the Jaguars in this one. Hey. <laughs> That Louisiana crowd looked a little discombobulated down there at Southern. Let me tell you something. I watched that game, and um, Louisiana, probably, Louisiana is not unbeatable, guys. They're not. No, I mean, they they're they're, they're not good. Last year. They are they, not. They can be had. I mean, we did it on their field last year, where they didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, there's no reason to think that an unbeaten South Alabama team off to a great start with a new coach can't do that on their field. I, I look. I I, I was. I watched that game. I watched that game, and I watched a little bit of South Alabama. I can't remember who they played last week, but maybe it was the week before. Again, there's just a different, different culture there. So I know we got down to what we got about five, five, five or seven minutes here. 
Yeah, we got two quick things left and we can call it a podcast here. We're going to look at a couple of scheduling things that are coming up on the horizon for our future yeah. schedule. Then we got the Twitter poll and then we'll be done, guys and girls who are listening. Uh, headlines coming up this week, we announced that we'll be entering into a three-game series with the uh, God, University of Virginia. I spent a lot of time at that school, had part of a master's come from there. That's a beautiful campus. If you've never been to Charlottesville, I highly recommend that place. I am going to make that trip. Um, we also have coming up on the, the uh, schedule in future years. TD helped me out with this. So I was looking it up, but I just couldn't get a hold of the information. All right, let me do it real. You can do rapid fire real quick on a fair Go line. ahead. You got it. Go ahead. All right. So over the next five years, uh, Teal Nation and Strut uh, Podcast Nation, we've got Army for four years, two home, two away. You've got Buffalo. You still got two home, one away. You've got Virginia. We go to Virginia next year, skip a year, and then we're home versus the Cavaliers and then away. We've got a four-year set starting with Liberty, two home, two away. We've got one at South Carolina, which is the makeup, which is in 23, right, Joe? Because that's the year that we don't play Virginia. And we also have the game at UCLA in 2023. Also, too, they're working on the BYU return game out there to Provo for the, within the next five years. So recap real quick. Army, Buffalo, South Carolina, Virginia, UCLA, Liberty, and a return trip to BYU. That's a pretty solid non-conference schedule, gentlemen. So I want to volunteer to be an intern with the Shining Clear Sports Network, especially when you go to UCLA. I don't mind, you know, whatever. I just just give me a job. I, I I want to go out and just just see it. So, you know, I'll I'll, I'll take a intern position that weekend. I am looking forward to that trip. If I'm still I'm still around and kicking and still in this job and Matt hadn't fired me yet, I am so looking forward to the Rose Bowl trip. That is just going to be phenomenal. And TD just went through a – you guys just went through a great list of, of opponents coming up. I mean, if you're you know, you're a Shauna Clear fan, you want to get in on this thing, you know, now is the time to do it. I mean, look at these teams we're playing. It's just it's – the, the future is so bright. I, I can't even – can't even tell you how excited I am. We're going to make that. We're going to make that trip to Virginia like Chile. That trip's happening. And I told my wife, we're going to the Army game in two years for two reasons. One, we're going to fly to New York for a couple, three days, and then we're going to drive up to the Military Academy of the United States. And uh, and I want my kids to see that and and, and just see that how – to pay a little respect to the men and women who, who like Joe and, mm-hmm. and my dad and others and a good friend of mine, Taylor James, who did two tours, one in Afghanistan, one in Iraq – and 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 go see and pay respects to, to the military academy and also just see that it's a beautiful campus up there too but rose bowl as well um charlottesville i'm telling you man i mean and then you got to go to lynchburg what a god you go i don't want to go to lynchburg nail it and west until you see it i've driven by it i'm like Ugh, liberty um joe you were referencing your future as a broadcaster so i think i want to help you here and we're yeah. going to wrap things up here with our Twitter poll this week. Joe, I'm going to need your assistance with it. So here's what's going to happen. Joe, the Twitter poll this week is Joe Cashin's big play catchphrases. So we're going to run a poll. I'm going to give people four choices of catchphrases you can use when a big play happens for coastal football. Are you ready? Go ahead. All right, Joe. So I'm going to read it, but I want you to do the Joe Cashin thing. When I read it, I want you to repeat it as if it just happened in the ball game. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I kind of got to be in the moment for that one, Chili. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll do yeah, think I can give you a little. I'll give you a little. There you go. Does that help you? A little yeah, that, that, that helps. <laughs> just, just imagine a young Travis Danley making a big catch, and you can say this right when he does it. How about that? Uh, don't, uh, don't waste your effort on that. 
All right, so here you go, Joe. Here's your first one. Or I guess choice A would be, that's shantastic. <laughs> that's shantastic. That's beautiful, Joe. <laughs> All right, Joe, choice B for everybody is, you just got bronzed. You just got bronzed. <laughs> Joe, choice C is, feel that teal. Feel that teal. And then your last one, letter D, is a surf turf special. A surf turf special. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, if boy, you need to go have, back, can we have one more? Can he say touchdown? Clears. Can we at least? Can we have him say that at least? Touchdown, Shana Clears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can check us out at on Twitter at the Strut Podcast. You can check us out Instagram, same handle. Facebook page, the Strut Podcast. Uh, we will post this link tomorrow, which is Thursday. When you see the link posted on Facebook and Twitter, don't forget to click the look here above a talk back line and you can talk back. You can even do your own Joe Cashin impression with your own Joe Cashin catchphrases. And if it's good enough, Joe has promised me he'll give everybody $5 for doing it. <laughs> oh, I did, did I? <laughs> That's right. Hey, you'd be like the uh, you'd be like the coach at uh, Portland State. Everybody that comes in. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. Did you see? I, I got to tell you, I don't want to taint these results. Plus dollars. I just want to end on that. Fourteen thousand dollar tab. I don't want to taint these results, but I really want to hear Joe say, "You just got bronzed." One more time. <laughs> you just got bronzed. Yes, that's a good way to end it. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Have a good one, Strut Nation. We are pleased to welcome. Mr. Carter, our captain of our offensive line. Mr. Carter, welcome to the strut, man. Hey, appreciate you having me. Looking forward to it. So before we jump into your mullet minute, let's uh, get to know you a little bit. Tell everybody uh, where you're from, you know, what's your major and what brought you to Coastal? Yeah, I am from uh, a little town called Monroe, Alabama. Uh, you probably hadn't heard of it. Uh, really, really small Uh down in South Alabama. I, uh, my major is uh, IT. I'm currently getting my master's in IT. I have my bachelor's in exercise and sports science, and now I'm uh, pursuing my, my master's in IT. And uh, I play offensive line here. And I mean, uh, what brought me here, I mean, honestly, it was uh, the, the school, because, you know, really the staff that I, I got recruited by is not even here anymore. The only person that was on the staff when I was a freshman is uh, Coach Durkin, I believe, the, our offensive line coach. And he was working with, uh, He's working running backs at the time. But, uh, I mean, honestly, it was it was the location. I really liked the spot. And then I, when I was when I was visiting on campus and I saw, like, uh, all all the uh, – how do I explain this? I saw – it was like a, a feeling of, like, hey, this spot's going to take off one day. And I'd heard the rumors about – I committed not knowing we were joining FBS. I committed as an FCS recruit. So I didn't know all that was coming up. But I knew that, you know, they had been successful in the past and I won, I won a lot in high school and I wanted to continue to win. So uh, that was also another thing that brought me here as well. So let me ask you this question before we jump into the mullet minute here. Um, do you like the uh, nickname the O-line has? The Monty Mites? I mean, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean I, I'm fine with it for sure. I mean, uh, I think it's it's cute and all, but it's uh, – I mean, uh, I, there's some guys on the team I'm sure that are like – they don't like it, but we understand why. I mean, we're one of the shorter offensive lines, but we don't – when we go out there, we don't – we do not have that underdog mentality at all. We don't we don't thank anybody. We don't go out there. Ex we go out there expecting to, to beat whoever's in front of us every time. So that's that's the one thing I think people need to realize when they when they say the mighty might thing, which it's it's a good it's a good nickname for their line. But when we go out there, we don't have like the the mighty might 
you know, mentality. It's like we're, we're out there to play ball. What's your favorite food? Uh, I love crawfish. Tell me uh, about crawfish. Uh, I can tell you that uh, one time when uh, I was – Grayson, it was Grayson McCall and Will McDonald's official visit that came uh, – this is back – shoot, was that? Part 2018, their mm-hmm. official visit. We, uh, we went to Captain George's. You ever heard of Captain George's? Oh, yeah, I'm from that area originally. Yeah, well, I, I went there one time and, and ate the crawfish with uh, Coach Chadwell. But I like him so much. I mean, I probably – I had a flannel on. I had to end up taking it off because I was I was sweating profusely in front of recruits and their parents because I was eating so much crawfish. And I just remember Chadwell asking me if I was okay. But I remember I probably went to there – and I probably ate eight pounds of – I mean, I probably ate like five or six pounds of crawfish in a sitting. There's and been that was times a recruit. That that was that was with uh Grayson McCall and Will McDonald were at my table with their with their people, and I do remember that. Um, well, I gotta believe. Story, I, I'm trying to, the stories. I don't want because some of them are just like personal, so I don't want to tell too. Right. I tell stories. you what's interesting. You were just talking about the crawfish. And I'm thinking what I really want to ask you right now is you you talked about like buffet crawfish versus good crawfish that you would get like in Louisiana or Alabama where you're from. What makes it Good, what makes a good crawfish? Like what goes into making it as far as the seasoning and the spicing and all that kind of stuff? So I personally never cooked them, but I know the best batches I've ever had have had like cut up sausage in it, mm-hmm. uh, corn, potatoes, uh, you know, lemons squeezed into it. There's uh, and then all t- is you got to have a bunch, a bunch of spices. So crawfish, when you eat it, your, your lips should sting a little bit. You know what I'm saying? When you get done eating it, your lips should sting. It should be a little spicy. So that's uh that's something that people don't realize, at least in the South for sure they cook them real spicy. You know I've never been, I haven't traveled all over the world. You know what I mean, man. I don't know how they cook them in other spots, Northwest. I don't, you know, Northeast. I don't know any of that stuff. But I, actually, I don't think they're even popular there because you know I've mm. I've hung out with people from uh, the North and they they think crawfish is crazy. You know they won't even touch it because you know they just it's just so nasty to them. But they think it's nasty. But then when you eat it, I mean, it's like the lobster of the river. You know what I'm saying? It's the lobster right. of the river. Dude, that's I'm your telling. quote, man. <laughs> it's good. The lobster of the river. It's good. Um, it's great. Like tuna's chicken of the sea, crawfish is the lobster of the river. Mud bugs. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they call them, the mud bugs. That's right. I just want to tell you, you went from like struggling to find a story to maybe having the best story of the year so far, dude. I, I haven't had it. I haven't had one person talk about anything as in-depth as your your essay on crawfish <laughs> that's right <laughs> I, hey i'm passionate about it man i'm passionate about it well that's what i want to hear that's what i was trying to i guess i should have explained it better but what i'm looking for is to hear something that you're passionate about you're into that kind of stuff and that's that you nailed that dude that was that was really good um so in the minute we have left minute or two we have left here um you want to talk about uh what your nil deal is for everybody yeah man uh we're at the uh the hogs academy you can get the link from my uh from my instagram account at trey underscore uh carter 65 i believe is my instagram and you can also go to twitter as well at trey underscore sammy uh 65 and uh the link's there to press in my bio but it's a it's a it's a mighty might shirt it's got the mighty mites logo on it and everything on the back it's got all our faces our numbers our names and uh it's just, I mean, if you if you enjoy the Mighty Mites and enjoy the way we play and uh, the product we put on the field, I mean, we, we love the support and uh, wear it out there on game days as well. I've got a couple of friends that I tailgate with. We've been going since the first season. 
and we've been sitting in section 105 right behind you guys since the, since the first day. And um, one of my good friends, when that hit social media, he looked at me and he goes, hey, I got one of those Mighty Might shirts coming. I'm, when I get it, I'm wearing it to every single game the rest of the year. He's excited <laughs> to get that T-shirt. I got to meet him. I got to meet him, man. Okay, well, I can tell you where you can find me. I'm the guy wearing the Coastal Hawaiian shirt and a white hat in section 105. Perfect. Usually I'm yelling out at some of the guys because, you know, I've been yelling at Shrimp since like, he got there because he's just crazy. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah, He loves it. He loves and it. And my, my son – oh, my son won the coin toss kid competition for this Saturday's coin toss. And so okay. he, he got out there early this past week and saw – he wanted to come in a little early and see how that worked. So mm-hmm. he's watching. He goes, oh. And see, just between me and you, my daughter has a crush on Silas Kelly. Yeah, I'm so sure there's she a bunch saw, of people's daughters who have a crush on Silas. So, yeah. Well, she saw him. Well, he went back up. He saw him walk out, and he looks at me and goes, oh, man, I can't wait to tell her that I'm going to be standing beside Silas Kelly next Saturday. I was like, I think I'd keep it quiet until you actually walked out there. That'd be even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, let her see it, but let it just shock her. Yeah, that's what I want. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> Trey, you've been awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me, man. I had a good time. Yeah, this was this was chill. I liked it. It, it um, wasn't too serious. None, none, no, of the, none of the controversial bit stuff that, you know, comes up and things like that. I like. We're I liked not it. looking to do that. Our, our whole goal, and I told Mr. Davis, this in the athletic department, that our whole goal is to lift up every coastal athlete we can through the whole, you know, sports calendar year. Um, I, I came to Coastal when we had no football. I was a basketball guy first. My dream was to play basketball at Coastal. Didn't make the cut. But um, – Ever since then, I had been all in. I was there when we went over from Red and Black USC Coastal to Teal and Bronze Coastal Carolina University. I'm I, see, I didn't even know that we that we made that transition. It, oh, you, yeah, you we used to be uh, a part of the University of South Carolina, and then we yeah. became CCU. I knew we were and, a part of it. I didn't know, I didn't know we, we had their colors and everything. That was oh, all. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The yeah, logo that's, that's you guys wore on your helmet now. this past Saturday – that logo was like the first CCU logo because we used to have something that was kind of a hybrid of something that we kind of did at Coastal that was unique to Coastal, but it was still South Carolina related. And my yeah. student ID I have for my freshman year, I still have it. It has USC Coastal Carolina College on it. That's cool. So I, my class was the first one to get the option between CCU or South Carolina Diploma. And I chose CCU, and I'm so glad because my I got my teal and bronze diploma hanging up. It ain't, you know, garnet and black. So I'm really proud yeah. of that. Oh, I'm always gonna be a C. When I get done, no doubt about it. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of where I'm coaching, because I plan on coaching college ball. So we'll see where that goes as well. Well, Brewer wants to coach too. Did you know that? I do. Yeah. Oh, me and CJ Brewer just about best friends. Man, me and CJ Brewer hang out. You know, we came in together. I didn't know so that. We we lived in the same pod freshman year. Yeah. Me and CJ Brewer are real good buddies. Me and me and him. Me and Silas are real good. I mean, honestly, we're probably one of the tighter teams in the country mm-hmm. from what I've heard from other from other uh, spots that I know because, like, there's really no problems between guys. Like, it's it's all – it's really all love. Everybody likes hanging out with each other. There's not cliques and stuff like that. It's, I mean, it's it really is different. Well, even when I, I talked to, like – I, I talked to Bryce. Um, he didn't have anything NIL-related he was endorsing, but he took the time in his um, podcast that he did with me to go and just endorse everybody else who had something. He goes, Hey, if you don't know a guy who's got something going on, you know, buy the shirt, endorse mm-hmm. the, the product or whatever. So what you're saying, it rings true because every single guy I've talked to has supported each other in some way. And that's been yeah. really cool to hear that. And like I said, as I was a former, former coach, so to hear players 
talk about each other in like a brotherhood kind of way, that just shows me that you guys are fighting for each other when y'all are playing. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a different, another group of guys I'd want to go out there and play with, you know what I'm saying? They, uh, yeah. it's always love. Everybody's uplifting, but I mean, there's, there's accountability involved with it as, as well. Like people are not scared to call each other out yeah. when we're out on the practice field and stuff like that. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't get to the point where it's derogatory towards each other. You know what I'm saying? So right, that's right. something that we have that chat coach Chow has done a great job. I mean, I've watched him shift this thing a whole 180 while he's been here. So, I mean, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of a program like this. We used to hate going up against him when Coastal was FCS and he was a CSU, man. Oh, my God. We used to hate <laughs> Charleston Southern. Yeah. they. I was uh, I was on the sidelines when, they, when Charles Southern beat us uh, 58 to 57, 59 to 58. You remember that, 2016? Mm-hmm. The block Yep. Yeah, I had a hoodie on. I was red shirt in that year. I remember that. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, he uh, he's done a great job since coming, man. I mean, he – Obviously, it's hard to come. He came to his rival school mm-hmm. from where he was at. I mean, it's it, end of the day, it, we're, we're pretty big rivals, I believe. Charles Southern and Coastal were. And what I had heard from being here, you know, I was only a freshman, what I had heard. But I mean, that takes a lot of guts to say, hey, I'm going to go to my rival school and and I'm going to just take it over. So, I mean, I, I, I do commend him for that. And he's done, a, he's done one of the best jobs in the country at turning the program around. Yeah, Trey, I'm going to let you get back to your evening, man. Um, just if you can, you get a minute, spread the word through the players that they got a voice here. We'd, we'd yes, love sir. to hear from as many guys as possible. I don't care if you're first string Grayson McCall quarterback to, you know, the guy who just signed to come on. We we want to hear from all you guys because our, our podcast is called The Strut, like a rooster would strut. Um, so, you know, we you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify, wherever you hear your podcast. That's the place you go to. Um, but let your teammates know, man, we want them here. We want to hear from you guys. Um, we're even going back and talking to old players, too, and bringing some of them guys back in so y'all can hear what they were saying about playing, you know, from the first season on through. So it's we're trying to just mm-hmm. you know, build the whole thing together. Awesome. That's great, man. I appreciate right, man. it, man. Yeah, this hey, is awesome. Um, I've had a great time talking to you, man, if you, you know. Oh, no doubt, man. I, hey, that's, I, I love what y'all are doing. I appreciate it, man. And I'll be in the stands screaming at you on Saturday. Sounds good. You have a great one. Have a good one. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Join us next week on Thursday when we'll break down the last game we just played. That's against ULM, and we'll look ahead. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.